it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Nikki and Paolo. I guess we didn't really know you very well. And it appears you killed each other for diamonds. But I know there are good parts to you, too. You're always nice to me. And you remember the camp. And I really loved Expose. Okay, then. Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we continue along on our journey into the third season of the series. I am one of your hosts, Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week, we dive a little bit deeper, kind of, with the episode (laughs) Expose. (laughs) Oh, an episode I have certainly been looking forward to talking about since we started doing this podcast, and I say that in the most sarcastic of ways. Well, you know what? I think it'll be fine. I think so. I, I think I, I'm totally shooting from the hip. So we we shall see. Um, I think <clears throat> I think an apology is owed to the listeners. Uh, we've been away for about two weeks and uh, it's it's both of our faults. Uh, well, not fault fault. Like neither one of us did anything wrong. Um I won't go into too much detail. The first week was because of me. I had um. I had a new PC installed, I had new internet installed, and it just happened to kind of coincide around the time we were supposed to record, so I had to get the new PC set up, I had to get the new internet set up, and it just, it was too complicated to try and fit, to get everything done in time to get the the recording done. Mm -hmm. Um, And then last week uh, was a very emotional week for you, Mm -hmm. uh, because of the loss of somebody who meant a lot to you, so... I, I that's the most I'll say about it. If you want to dive deeper into it, you can. If not, we can leave it at that. And no, I it's fine. It's just um, you know, I I am originally from Southern California, and I grew up a giant Laker fan. Um, and I actually grew up a giant Kobe Bryant fan. Uh, his first NBA game was my 16th birthday. Um, and he just was a very important and prominent figure in my life. Um, and yeah, his death rocked me, yeah. rocked me. Um, I actually didn't know how much it would have rocked me, um, until it actually happened. So it, I actually cried for a week straight. Um, every time, was... every time I talked to you, you were emotional. I was like, and it, fi- and it finally got to the point. I'm like, we're, we're just not going to record this week. Cause yeah, I, don't, no, I, I didn't want to put it on you. I you couldn't know. get like a half an hour without crying last week. So, um, you know, I, I have done my crying. I am rehydrating this week and, <laughs> <laughs> and I am ready to move on with life and exhibit some Mamba mentality and, um, just, you know, carry on as and if, 
and I and I totally get it. Like it's you know you like you said you put it a good way when you said like you didn't know how much it would rock you until it happened. And when you and I talked over the course of that week, and you know one of the things you kind of put in the comparison was like Robin Williams, and that's how I was with Robin Williams. I didn't I didn't realize how much that would affect me until it happened. Mm-hmm. And I was the same way. I cried for probably like a good week or two. Uh, and there are still times that I'll be watching something of his or I'll be reading his book or I watch the documentary about his life and it still affects me to this day. And it's been yeah. five years, you know, so I told I, I totally, totally get it and completely understand. So and I'm sure the listeners will, too. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that felt the same way. I mean, he was um, he was an incredible, incredible public figure. He was a family man. He was doing amazing things with uh, his post NBA career for women and for uh, the WNBA and for his four his four girls. And, um, you know, L.A. is L.A. is a special place when it comes to the L.A. Lakers and a lot of people that are from L.A. or uh are intimate with LA know that uh, the Lakers are knitted into the fabric of each of our souls and they, we don't exist without the Lakers. Um, You know, the Clippers try have tried to stake some (laughs) of that claim, but they never will. Um, But Kobe was a big part of that. He was a huge part of that. Um, You know, Alicia Keys said on the night of the Grammys that they were standing in the house that Kobe built and that, that there's nothing more truer than that statement is the Staples Center is the house that Kobe Bryant built. And, um, you know, he will forever be remembered as a Laker legend, an icon, and um, a real champion for women's rights uh, in recent years uh, with the the development of his Mamba Sports Academy and uh, the girls basketball team with his daughter, Gianna, who also died in the crash. Um, she was, if, if, if you get a chance to, to find video of her, she, she had the potential to be just as good as her dad, but, and really do something for the WNBA, uh, and for women's sports in general. Um, you know, you couldn't have asked for a, a better, a better champion than, than somebody like Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who, you know, put aside the multiple championships that he won, you know, was incredibly charitable and, you know, won as an Oscar winner, which is unheard of in the world of, like, of athletics, um, which I still want to watch that that short that he won the Oscar for. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, he came out with that letter, Dear Basketball, when he announced his retirement, and it was a full page, um, it was a full page spread in the LA times. Uh, and it was beautiful. Um, it was beautiful. And, and I'm glad that they made it into a short film. I'm glad that he won an Oscar for it. And it was scored by John Williams, actually, if anybody, um, didn't know that who of course did all of the music for star Wars, star Um, Wars, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah, Like incredibly noteworthy, uh, composer. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it. I, I could honestly go on for the next hour about why he meant what he did to me. And, and well, can we do that, that instead of talking done. about expose? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it. we need, need to talk about this. But <laughs> I um, but if anybody does want to help um, the victims of that crash that were not Kobe and Gianna Bryant, who, um, you know, 
don't probably need the financial help that the other families that were on board, there were seven other people on board that uh, helicopter. Um, Vanessa Bryant, who is Kobe's wife, has um, started a fund for the other families to help um, to help them. And it is mambaon3.org. Um, it m-a-m-b-a-o-n-t-h-r-e-e.org and uh, if you go there you can help donate to the families that um, also lost their family members in that helicopter crash on january 26th okay perfect uh so yeah so i mean under completely understandable why we kind of missed a couple weeks and i know i know we hate doing it, and I know it's happened quite a bit over the past couple months, and we apologize for that. But you know, we're we're still bringing you new episodes when we can, and uh, we're gonna keep at it as best as we can as well. So hopefully, with any luck, we'll move forward now, and it'll be uh, back to normal scheduling. Hopefully, yes, let's do that. Once a week, <laughs> and <laughs> it's 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 contrary to what some messages said it had nothing to do with the fact that we were putting off talking about expose uh, did des say that yes of course des was one of yeah. the people that said that so like <laughs> i just it trust me i would much rather talk about this episode now and get it out of the way and over with because oh god so <laughs> Let's just dive into it. All right. Um, of course, uh, just a quick word to let you know, this is a spoiler full podcast. We're going to talk about spoilers, both from the past of the series and the future of the series, as this is a rewatch. And that tends to happen. Um, I will also just put this note forward now. We're, we're going to talk about Manifest. We're a couple weeks behind on Manifest. Uh, we're, three episodes have aired since the last time we, we've talked. And uh, I unfortunately have not watched any of them yet. I know you are completely caught up. We're still going to do Manifest Minutes at the end, but it's, it's pretty much just going to be on you uh, to get us through it. And I know our friend Steve sent us voicemails on Manifest. Uh, I'm apologizing ahead of time. We're probably not going to do the the manifest voicemails purely because of the fact that i fell behind and i haven't watched them yet uh but steve keep sending us the voicemails for manifest because next week we'll be caught up and we'll we'll start playing them again so uh one more piece of business i want to talk about before we jump into this um we got there was last episode we did a couple weeks ago we got a voicemail from our friend Gemma, and she was kind of contesting the fact that I had said when Mikkel sets off the grenade in the looking glass, that's the final time we see him. And she had come back and said, no, we do see him one more time. He's running past sun. The wiki is wrong. And or no. And and, and I said that, you know, I went to the wiki and I said, no, the wiki is saying that's his demise. That's the last time we see him. I got a. A voicemail for we got a voicemail from Gemma where we're not to play it because uh, we got an email from her telling her not telling us not to. Um, and she she sent a voicemail and along with that voicemail, she said, Ben, the wiki is wrong. I promise you episode th season three, episode 18 son's episode. Mikel is very much alive. And my immediate reaction was um, episode 18 is before looking glass it's before the finale because looking glass is the finale and in a matter of minutes i got another <laughs> another email from Gemma saying uh 
delete the last feedback. I'll send a new one. I was positive he showed up uh, in season four. Uh, ben killed him, but maybe I'm wrong. And I said, yeah, I, I replied and I'm like, yes, I'm I was I'm telling you like he dies in season three. So she corrected herself before I got the chance to do it, which I thought was fun. That's so. fun. I like it that when people are willing to say, oh, wait, I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that that leads me to the point of this, too, is that if you think we're wrong about something, uh, tell us. Like, send us feedback, and we'll give you the ways you can do that at the end of the conversation. But, you know, just like Gemma did with, with the Michael thing and, you know, Steve and Dez and a bunch of other people have left us feedback. Um, if you think we're wrong about something, tell us because we want to know if we're wrong. Yeah. So, uh, which leads me into the expose uh, conversation because I don't feel like I'm wrong in saying I think this is one of the worst episodes of the series. I, I got to tell you, it is not worse than Stranger in a Strange Land. Remind me, which one was... Oh, God, that, Jack. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I felt that that episode was more pointless than this episode. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because I, I wrote down a couple of reasons why I actually kind of like this episode. Well, why don't you kick it off but, then? Yeah, well, get us started. Nikki and Paolo are just throwaway characters. I think that we can all agree on the fact that an episode focusing on Nikki and Paolo when they were never really a part of the show, they were never a part of the show afterwards. You know, I remember watching that episode for the first time. And when Nikki's eyes opened at the end, I thought for sure the next episode, she was going to be like crawling out of the dirt or something. You know, mm -hmm. um, I thought that the diamonds were going to mean something. I thought, you know, I mean, when you when you're this far into a show like Lost as a first time watcher when it's on in real time, you want to make you want everything to fit into this puzzle that you're creating in your brain for the fabric of the show. And this episode kind of goes away from that. But it doesn't at the same time, because watching Nikki and Paolo and their entire kind of arc over the last 80 days on the island you're actually picking up a lot more information in the background with the other characters. The scene with Ben and Juliet in the Pearl Station when Paolo goes to hide the diamonds is, is one of them. We get some information of how they were planning to infiltrate um, the Losties to get Jack because Ben needed a surgery done and that Juliet was initially in on it and that her character has really fundamentally changed since... Um, you know, she arrived on the scene. I thought that that was really great. Um, you know, we get to see uh, just pieces of kind of what the background of of the whole island was when everybody else was off doing their own thing. Um, you know, we, we focus on on the characters, the main characters, so much that we forget that there are like forty other survivors on this island. Um, and I feel like this entire episode, we got to touch base with everybody, even if it was in, uh, in the background, right? Even if it was just watching another uh, perspective of Jack's live together, die alone speech, or um, Locke saying, hey, everybody, if you want to come on this uh, Pearl Station mission with us, grab your stuff and let's go. You know, we got to see those little extra pieces. Um, and I really appreciated that. And I thought, you know, that was kind of an interesting way to see 
how other pieces of this lost puzzle can kind of fall into place through the eyes of some throwaway characters that in the end don't really matter. Um, I can see a lot of the points that you're making. And when I say what I'm going to say, I don't want this to come across as in like I'm intentionally digging on this episode because I did. I rewatched it and I went into it with an open mind. I went into it with the assumption of like, hey, maybe I can appreciate this episode. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, Let me give this episode another shot and see if maybe I can. There's some things I can learn to appreciate about appreciate about this episode. Maybe my memory of this episode is just incredibly one-sided um and re-watching the episode i realized that i just i just don't agree with a lot of that i think there there are definitely a couple things that stem out of this episode that i think are very important to the story um mm-hmm. the ben and juliet thing is is one of them the only other thing in this episode that i think is very important was something that i knew was coming and i forgot it happened in this episode and that was charlie's confession to son I, that's, I that was my favorite part of the whole episode well, because it's a new, we're we're getting to see that new side of Charlie, where Charlie is kind of redeeming himself. Claire has been, you know, Claire and Aaron have been two completely big redemptions for him, and to see him make that confession to Son about it, you know, that's a huge step for Charlie. Um, well, and it also doesn't bode well for his future that he's wrapping up loose ends right now. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, other than those two things, you know, you, you mentioned getting a view of everything that happens in the background and things like that. There was actually a lost video game uh, called Via Domus that um, did exactly the same thing. You were one of the other castaways and you kind of... Uh, maneuvered your way through the on the island and through the already existing story to the point where you were actually let go. You actually get off the island. The others, Ben and the others actually get, spoiler alert for the end of the game, actually let you go. They Just like Michael and Walt, they let you leave the island and that's the end of the game. Um, so the Nikki and Paolo weaving in and out of the story, it, it didn't, I didn't, it didn't bring me as much as it did it possibly you because I've already experienced that in the video game play. I don't need to see all that other stuff. I got what I needed out of everything that we were already given. Yeah, but okay. Yay for you for playing a video game. <laughs> but not everybody plays video games, man. Like, I don't. And no, so... I, and I get that. It's just that to me, with the exception of... You know, like I said, the Ben and Juliet moment and the Charlie moment, I really got nothing else out of this episode and maybe some entertainment in the cleverness of a spider that paralyzes someone and ends up getting them buried alive, which couldn't have happened to two better characters. Yeah. Um, You know, Well, I like it, too, because remember uh, in the flashback that Nikki asks Paolo, promise me we're not going to end up like them looking at Boone and Shannon, and they're all buried together on the same like patch of sand. Yeah, (laughs) yep, exactly. And they all ended up, she ended up like them, but regardless. But I mean, other than those two, (laughs) other than those two moments, I just really took nothing away from this episode. I felt that had you just taken those two moments, and put them in another episode, you could have gotten rid of this episode completely. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Um, 
you know, I think that the showrunners tried something different and failed, but you know, it, it's still not as bad as Stranger in a Strange Land. Um, because I that just was so forced. Um, but I also really, I go, going back to the whole Charlie thing, you know, <clears throat> it, it shows not only Charlie's growth, but it also shows kind of son's growth, uh, and, and her maturity factor. And, you know, she, she is a strong enough person at this point that she doesn't have to feel obligated to tell her husband something that she knows is not going to be productive in the end. Not to mention that, um, Sawyer, Sawyer owned up to, to the whole thing. And he also, you know, validated what Charlie was saying by saying, yeah, it was, it was Sawyer's idea. It wasn't Charlie's idea. And, and, um, you know, I think that we could take from that, that, you know, Sawyer being a con man, being who he is, you know, you kind of excuse his horrible behavior for some reason, but that horrible behavior excuse gives Charlie kind of an out for his redemption arc. Yeah. If that, makes any sense it does it it makes sense um but you know getting back to your point real quick about with son and and the strength of the character that she has now and not being able to tell you know not well not being able to but not having to tell Jin, uh, you know what goes on you know I, I i that's one of those moments that i love where you know she says like well why can't you know that she gets asked how come you're not gonna you are you gonna say anything and she's like no because we'll need another hole i love that you know, because like, it's true. It is absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I mean, I can see that as well. But I mean, again, I, it. I can tell you right now. Like, I started watching this episode, and I, you know, it it opens with an, an episode of expose being filmed, which, you know, God love you, Hurley. But if you think that's the best hour on television, you really need to find new stuff to watch because oh my gosh but some people like love the bachelor which is arguably the worst show on television so everybody has their own like trash tv that they watch it's true but i mean like like if you could see me watching this episode the moment I mean, people watch star trek for goodness sake hey Ugh. hey <laughs> hey now i feel attacked some people like Fear the Walking Dead now. What? Some people like the final the final season of Game of Thrones, you know? So. <laughs> I feel attacked. Good. Uh, <laughs> jerk. Um, but like the I uh, like watching this episode like when it goes into Exposé and you know you see Nikki and she does that spin kick of the gun with the razzle dazzle. Razzle dazzle. I literally hung my head. I'm like, can I just stop now? <laughs> I don't want to watch nope. this. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was great seeing Lando Calrissian uh, behind the chair uh, in Billy D. Williams. He looked terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, looked like you... somebody had to wheel him on and wheel him off. Well, have you seen the latest Star Trek or Star Wars movie? Yes, I have. He didn't look any better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so... it. I don't know. It, I feel like this is just a total throwaway episode with the exception of, of a couple things. It's just my opinion on it. I, I really, you know, the sad part is that I just, I feel like my disdain for this episode, whether it's heavy or not, kind of maybe 
shut my brain off from overanalyzing everything. But then at the same time, when I look back at certain scenes, I really don't think there was much to analyze in this episode. That's what makes me really firmly believe that this is purely just a throwaway episode. No, I would agree with that. I mean, there's, I mean, I feel like we're kind of done talking about it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel, I feel like this is probably going to be a much shorter episode of this podcast because I, I don't know. Like I just, there's nothing really I can think of off the top of my head that kind of like stares me in the face and slaps me in the face saying like, Oh, I need to talk about this while we, when well, we I did like, I did like that Locke told Paolo, um, you know, just, don't don't even bother with the shovel because nothing stays buried on this island. I did think that that was a very profound statement. It is a profound statement. And then he, and he said, Andy said winter is coming. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah, he, he starts, he makes his profound statement and then he continues it on with like the science behind it. Like winter is coming and the tides are changing. So everything, will, the, the beach is eroding. I'm like, oh, I see what you did there. Like you're just kind of you're trying to be profound without being pro obviously profound, and it works. Well, Paolo didn't go too deep. Well, Paolo, you know? and pa Paolo is also another, and you know I, I want to say this too that when it comes to Nikki and Paolo, in my opinion, Paolo is the bigger piece of shit than Nikki. Oh, I was it's so funny that you said that because I was I was going to wait for you to finish saying whatever you're going to say because I because I, I wanted to say that um, that Nikki could have gone on to be kind of a recurring cool character because it looked like she was actually growing and it looked like she was starting to accept the fact that, you know, they were uh, going to have to find a new normal on the island and Paolo was still lying to her and still being kind of, you know, shifty or whatever. And I was like, yeah, he could lift right out. No problem. But you know, Nikki might have something to offer. And you know what, if, if that would have been the case and that's what would have happened, like they kept Nikki alive and, or like they, they rescued Nikki and buried Paolo um, I probably would have been okay with that because you're right. She she is a character that shows a little bit of growth, at least up until the end. Um, so, you know, poisoning, you know, you know, getting Paolo bitten by the spider and, and such um, doesn't make her exactly the best character or the most morally positive character. Uh, you know, she still has nefarious uh, intentions, but but. Again, like I, it, it didn't bother me that she was killed off by the end. But had she stayed alive, I, I could see maybe I would have grown a little bit more attached to the character in time. Well, I don't know if you ever saw the Glades. Did you ever see the Glades? No, I didn't. So that show, she, uh, Keely Sanchez actually starred in that show. She was the female lead. And she was fantastic, and I loved her on the Glades. Um, that was a show that ended way too soon, in my opinion. So I, I'm glad that she found work again, and she was a really good character. And so whenever I see her, um, you know, on on Lost, I always think of, oh, she was on the Glades, and I liked her there. Yeah. Uh, I think the other things that's really kind of important that may be worth mentioning are the characters that we kind of get to revisit in this episode you mentioned mm -hmm. you know you Ethan. mentioned you mentioned shannon and boone we get ethan 
Uh, and we get Arts. Arnst. Yep. Arnst. I love that guy. The next Charles Darwin. <laughs> it's so funny because he's discovered all these new species, but he, he has all the information about the Medusa spider. And I'm like, I don't think you discovered that, man. <laughs> I think that. Well, I, I think li- that you, you're looking at it, but good job. <laughs> I, li- I love the fact too that he's like, he's like, he says like, I've discovered like over a hundred new species, and there's a part of me in the back of my head that's like, you you discovered them. The world probably found them a while ago. <laughs> Like the Medusa spider. Yeah. How do you know this much about the Medusa spider when you'd say you just discovered it? You've been there for like nine days, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like you might have just discovered them for the first time, but the rest right. of the world probably found them years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was it. You know what? Arts. What a character, man! Good, for, good for him for I lo- coming back. I, I love that guy. I, I met. I, I think I shared this story before, but I met Daniel Roebuck. I actually got to be his handler at an event, and he's he's an incredibly nice guy. And you can tell when you talk to him, he just had a ton of fun getting to play that character. I love it that Charlie was like, yeah, I mean, he used to have all of these little creatures before he exploded. <laughs> and I was sort of thinking to myself, oh, yeah, he exploded. Yep, you got a little arched on you. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> flipped out. You know, for such a horrifying uh, event that happened with the character at, like literally exploding, the fallout of that with Hurley was hilarious. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Exactly. It's just, again, like you could tell he had, you know, he, he just had a, Daniel Roebuck just had a ton of fun playing that character. And it's always great when you see like character actors like that, get the comeback, even if it's just for one episode, you know, get the comeback. And it's like, you could just imagine that phone call, like, Hey Daniel, we need you to come back to Hawaii for a weekend so we can film a couple other shots. And just, just knowing he probably got really excited by that. You get to wear a kerchief around your neck and pretend that you're Hawaii's version of Indiana Jones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I I will say one thought that came to my head about this episode too was, you know, they put a lot of effort. And when I say they, I mean the producers. They put a lot of effort into recreating scenes simply just to complete the story of two characters. Um, Because, I mean, when you look at the... The opening, you know, what we know is the opening scene of the plane crash on the beach and we see them interacting. There are a couple shots that are reused um, and there are a couple that are like digitally enhanced, like Nikki standing in front of the wing as it's about to fall. That's a Mm -hmm. that's a digitally enhanced scene where they just kind of placed her into it. But Mm -hmm. there are a couple scenes that are reshot from different angles. Like So, you know, they had to set that scene back up. In order to do that, that takes a lot of money and effort just to simply complete and round out the story of two characters. Yeah, well, okay, so a couple of things with that. Number one, uh, the showrunners, Damon Lindelof and and Carlton Coos, had no idea that people would hate this episode as much as they did. <laughs> they liked the episode. So, of course, they put a lot of work into it because they thought that this was a, actually a really solid episode. And I don't think that they thought it was a throwaway episode. I think that they thought that having the uh, reveal of uh, Ben and Juliet in the Pearl Station and probably the way that uh, the the Losties are, now have a walkie-talkie and how that came to, to be and um, 
and and then the Charlie and son and Sawyer side scene, my guess is they thought that was enough in the episode to constitute a good enough story uh, to do what they were trying to do. But little did they know, fans are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them for this episode. Right. I mean, look, any any huge uh, cultural phenomenon, whether it be Lost, Star Wars, Harry Potter, well, not Harry Potter, Harry Potter's perfect. Um Star Trek, uh, Walking Dead, stuff like that. A fan base can get toxic. They can get very, very um, intense, right? And so enough people talk about the stuff that bothers them enough and you get enough like crowd mentality people. uh, All of a sudden, an episode that you thought was okay, it wasn't great, but it was actually okay, becomes the worst episode ever, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, I mean, and and I can see that. And it kind of makes me think that maybe, you know, Lindelof and Coos were kind of thinking, I don't know if you're familiar with this piece at all, but I kind of have a feeling maybe they thought this was their Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Um, If you're unfamiliar with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, it's basically there are two characters in the Shakespeare play Hamlet uh, called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And they actually wrote a short story I don't, I don't actually think it's a short story. I think it's a novel. Um, it's the entire story of Hamlet as told by Rosencrantz and Guildenstern because Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are two characters that kind of weave throughout the entire um, story of Hamlet. So Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is the story of Hamlet as told by Rosencrantz and Guildenstern from their point of view. And Disney kind of did the same thing with Lion King to uh, one and a half which was the Lion King as told by Timon and Pumbaa. Which was adorable. Which are basically, you know, the story of Lion King is basically a retold Hamlet. And with Timon and Pumbaa are basically the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of of the Lion King. Um, So maybe that's... So you think that Nikki and Balo are the Rosencrantz? They're the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of Lost. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, why not? I mean, you mentioned it at the top of the conversation that, like, you we get to see their story weaving in and out of what we already know. I did. I. You know what? That's probably that's probably correct. Nikki and Paolo are the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of Lost. I think you know. I swear to you, Hamlet is one of the most influential works of all time if not the most influential work you can go back and you can say that that writers and creators are have been inspired by hamlet in particular across hundreds of years it is and i remember one one year in college i had a full schedule and three of my five classes covered hamlet that semester just by coincidence. And by the end of it, I was so out Hamleted that I or over Hamleted or whatever you want to call it, that I was like, I'm never picking up the story again. And I haven't in over 10 years at this point. But um, I just remember thinking Hamlet really is a perfect story. It I, is just, it's got everything. I remember, you know, this is kind of going back to the Robin Williams conversation again too. Uh, Kenneth Brenna did a version of Hamlet. Um, seen it yeah and it's a it's it's amazing <laughs> and robin williams is is in it and that's one of the really the only reasons i had never read hamlet or anything and i 
really wanted to watch it purely and he's a small character i think he's in like three scenes Mm -hmm. and i ended up loving hamlet so much to the point that my senior year of high school my high school had a shakespeare troupe and i actually auditioned for the shakespeare troupe and i got to perform the ending sword fight between hamlet and laertes on stage i got to be laertes i got to be laertes and spoiler kill hamlet you know um because he dies by poisoning what? of Laertes. Hamlet dies? I know. Sorry. It's Shakespeare. Everybody dies. <laughs> I know. Because um, Laertes, you know, poisons the tip of his sword. And when he cuts Hamlet, it poisons Hamlet and he dies. Right. Um, he's also run through by Hamlet, which was fucking awesome to do on stage. Because mm-hmm. my the Shakespeare troupe director actually had a professional sword choreographer come in and teach us this sword fight. And it was fucking amazing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to get to do a professional sword so much so that we actually got invited to the PA Renaissance fair to perform it at the Renaissance fair. Oh, fun. Which is great. But I, but I digress. Um, Yeah. I mean, thinking about it, it's, I kind of think now in what you stated I think Nikki and Paolo are the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of Lost. Well, can you get on board a little bit more with that then? No. No. Okay. Well, that's fair. Maybe that's fair. maybe I can. It's I don't know. Maybe I'm are, just Are you putting Okay, are do you really think that it's worse than Stranger in a Strange Land? No. I I that is to me one of the worst. That is probably the worst episode of the series. It's um, probably one of the worst episodes of television, other than the season finale of Game of Thrones, <laughs> series finale of Game of Thrones. You are so into that. I love it. That was the worst episode of television. Um, Come no, at me, bro. I've I've seen some pretty <laughs> bad episodes of television. Um, uh, you know, just one off the top of my head. There was one from uh, season six of Arrow because our DC primetime podcast actually we just had our series finale this past week um, of that podcast. And there's an episode of Arrow that aired in the sixth season that was so polarizing and it was so bad that it's still to this day one of our highest rated rated episodes because people were purposely going out and looking for podcasts that talked about this episode like cats yeah (laughs) like we had listeners who had never listened to our podcast before who because listened to that episode purely because they were going out to listen to other people hate on that episode yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah. so there have been some very bad episodes of television and Stranger in a Strange Land is one of them, but can... I'm interested. I'm interested to know what the listeners think is their worst hour or half hour, their worst episode of television that they've ever seen. And maybe we should have done this to get to have like feedback for this particular uh episode, but I'm interested to know um what what others can perceive as their worst episode of television well i'm gonna i'm gonna take that a step further and i'm gonna invite the listeners to to leave us feedback whether it's voicemail or email or message on facebook or what have you um you know yeah i want to know what maybe like some of your worst episodes of television you've ever seen are but i also want to know because we're talking about lost what do you think is your least favorite episode of the series um and give us a couple of them if you want um and and tell if if you can give us a short description as to why give us a short description as to why and maybe what we'll do is we'll just do a separate episode 
Um, we'll take a break from analyzing the episodes and we'll just kind of just dive into worst episodes of television and uh, worst episodes of Lost. <laughs> that would be really fun. <laughs> it, I think I think it would be fun, you know, and because you know, if you're gonna send us a list of like your least favorite episodes of Lost, uh, give us a description why, because we want you to be able to defend it, especially if we don't agree with you. Um, and maybe you never know. Maybe we'll come around on what your reasoning is, and we'll hate the episodes too. As long as it's not well, Trisha Tanaka is because you hate it. If, That's if you, such a good episode. If anybody says Trisha Tanaka is that is their least favorite episode, uh, don't bother. Why are you watching Lost? <laughs> Why are you watching Lost? Because that is one of my absolute favorite episodes of that series. Of the series yeah. is that one. Um, anything else? Because again, I th- I feel like I've kind of mentioned all my points. Oh yeah, I'm done. <laughs> no, all right, easy enough. Um. <laughs> So let's, um, we do have some feedback for, uh, for Lost. We're going to play that first. Usually we do the Lost and then Manifest feedback after we talk about Manifest. But let's do the Lost feedback first, and then we'll talk about Manifest for a couple minutes uh, before we wrap things up. Or I'll let you talk about Lost uh, or Manifest for a couple minutes before we wrap things up. So uh, as usual... Uh, we want to encourage you guys to leave us feedback, whether it's for your least favorite episodes of television, the series, or feedback about the episodes we're going to be talking about. There are multiple ways that you can do that. First, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. Uh, we are on Twitter at lost revisit pod and we're on Instagram. <laughs> Is it the same thing? Lost revisit or lost revisited pod? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's one of those two. Let me open up the app. <laughs> uh, go ahead. You, I'll, you, I'll take keep thing, going. I'll take things we should know for uh, before we record. Lost, 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 revisited pod. Okay, all right. At, on Instagram, uh, you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail dot com. And if you want to leave a message, you can record it yourself and send it to our email address. Yes. Yay! So, as always, our friends Steve and Des have left us some feedback for this episode expose. Uh, We're going to kick it off with Steve. Uh, Here is Steve's feedback for the episode. No offense, dude, but as far as superpowers go, yours is pretty lame. Yes! (laughs) Absolutely love Hurley. He has the ability to both be the funny person and then the heart of the show at the same time. That eulogy he delivers at the end almost brings a tear to my eye when, when even though he echoes some of the things that the fans might have been saying. Like, you know, we didn't even know who these characters are. They brought them in towards the end, but they were a member of the camp. So I really love that. And I, I love to find something positive about this episode. Uh, hey, Kristen and Ben, it's Steve. Uh, this is for Expose, which I remember back at the time, not, I, I mean, I think I enjoyed this episode. I don't think it was, I don't think I thought of it as a as a bad episode until later when people started having bad, uh, you know, thoughts about it and stuff. But and watching it this time, and I only watched it once because I didn't want to beleaguer the point, but it really, they did a great job of editing those scenes with them in it showing them being at the plane crash and throughout and getting to see all the returning 
people that we hadn't seen, seeing Arched again. I, I totally forgot that we saw Arched again in this episode. We get to see mm-hmm. Boone. We see Shannon at her most annoying self. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we, Billy D. Williams, come on. You know, uh, how can you go wrong? Uh, so there's a lot of good things to be said about this episode, as much as people may have not liked it. And years later, people, you know, on reflection don't don't like it or don't think it fit. But I uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, Kylie Sanchez is hot. And uh, Rodrigo <laughs> Santoro has been in a lot of stuff now. So anyway, um, like I said, uh, there's some positive things to be found with this episode. So I hope this uh, helps. And I hope uh, you... Anyway, talk to you later. <laughs> oh, and, and P.S., we get the reveal that Charlie confesses to Son, and then she goes and talks to Sawyer and tells him that if she ever tells Jen that they'll be digging another grave. So talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I, again, I, I get the point of getting a better appreciation for it the next time you watch it. I just, I just, it didn't happen for me. Yeah. As much, as much as I wanted it to, it just it didn't happen for me. So, uh, but that leads us to our other feedback, and that is from our buddy Des. Razzle freaking dazzle. <laughs> hey guys, it's Des just calling about the episode expose, which unlike most people, I love this episode. Oh God. I really like standalone episodes like this where it tells a whole story over a long period of time in one episode. I'm also a sucker for revisiting old scenes like the plane crash and seeing it from different points of view. Um, I actually have a lot of notes, so I'm not going to comment a lot on them. I'm just going to run down real quick what I wrote down. Uh, Billy D. Williams, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> who the hell is Nikki? It's a funny line, but kind of stupid because you think somebody runs out of the jungle, drops dead, Hurley checks the vitals, says Nikki's dead. You know who he's talking about. Okay. Um, Boone and Shannon, hell yeah, and you get 100% Shannon in this with her little reference to Boone flirting with random guys. Uh, Captain Stewart, is this a reference to Patrick Stewart, Captain Picard? I don't know. Uh, Does anybody have a pen? How weird would it be to have somebody running around in the middle of a plane crash, engines blowing up, pregnant women running across the the beach, and somebody saying, does anybody have a pen? Um, creepy Ethan, <laughs> Nikki and Paolo find a hatch before John finds it. The walkie talkie like communism was always a red herring. <laughs> um, the part where son talks about being dragged out to the jungle, really awkward for Charlie and Sawyer but that sets it up later for Charlie's confession, which is like a really important <laughs> thing that happens in this episode. And I feel really stupid because before this watching, I never realized that Vincent was uncovering Nikki and Paolo because he sensed that they were still alive. (laughs) Yeah, it never even dawned on me before. Uh, Well, that's all I got today, you guys. Sorry I missed you last week, but I just had no time and I felt like crap. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Manifest. Real quick, I'm loving this season, but sorry, I'm alone I still don't like Grace. Bye, guys. No. <laughs> so wait. So wait a minute. When is Vincent digging at the graves? Is that at the end of the episode? Uh, no, because the end of the episode ends. No, with the he mound. uncovers the blankets when they're digging the graves. When the blankets are over them, he comes up and he sniffs at them, and then he t- took the blankets. I completely missed that. 
Yeah, he took the blankets. And I thought <clears throat> I thought that was very a clever way of of telling the audience that they weren't uh that they weren't dead because the dog knew that they weren't dead, not the people. Yeah. But that also triggered uh son's memory of being dragged out into the jungle as well. Oh, I completely I I never even picked up on that. I just kind of took it as in like, nope, Vincent's being a dog. <laughs> That's Vincent. Vincent is much more important than just dog of loss. Hey, man, Vincent makes it to the end. He's one of the only ones. <laughs> Actually, well, yeah, he, he really is one of the only ones. Because <laughs> um, you know that final scene is is two characters, and Vincent's one of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you know, he you know he brought up the whole manifest thing. So I'll turn it over to you for a couple minutes. I, again, I'm I'm three episodes behind. I'll be caught up by this week, I promise. So by the time we record next week, we'll be back to the regular manifest minutes uh, with me contributing. Um, what are some of the notes that you have on the season? How do you feel like the season has been playing so far these past three weeks? So, yeah, so it's been a pretty eventful three weeks, to tell you the truth. Um, Zeke is out of prison uh, and and hooking up with uh, Michaela. Um, there is a new member of the Believers Church um, in Olive Stone, and she has fallen for it hook, line, and sinker. I used to think that she was maybe a plant and trying to get information, but no, I see that she is a true believer of the hope and miracle that this guy, Adrian, I think his name is, uh, as the leader of, is his name Adrian? I'm trying to see right now. I can't remember. Oh, well. Um, so I, think that TJ and Olive are about to have a nice little uh, little fling but I think that you know TJ is is going to the churches the church meetings with Olive right now and I think maybe he's going to get some information or something like that I don't I don't think that he really necessarily believes it but I I feel that he probably feels he has to protect Olive maybe mm-hmm. um Sanvi Sanvi uh caught on to the major uh and that was amazing so she was trying to to get um to catch the major's henchmen or whatever uh, with her research and um that that kind of played out kind of fun in the way that you know uh, Sanvi is definitely not a spy you know she doesn't really know how to do that yeah um but all the research is gone um, it's all in the wrong, all in the wrong hands now. Um, and then we have Jared, and Jared seems to be getting uh, in with the Xers, as they're now called, the people leaving the red Xs and uh, targeting the eight two eight passengers. And um, didn't so see that Mika- coming. Well, Michaela, Michaela uh, found out where the Xers. Uh, base was little home base was and Jared it ends up that Jared tips them off uh and they jam out of there before the police arrive which made Michaela look stupid and it saved the Xers uh and it looks like he's going to get a little bit deeper with them so that sucks because Jared sucks and I hate him and I want to punch his face (laughs) um and there's a new captain and every single episode I am more convinced that this new captain is bad news. It's not that she wants to play things by the book. It's that she actively hates 
Michaela for some reason, and she's trying to subvert whatever it is that she's doing. And I just, I don't think she's on the up and up. I think that she is, I think she's either with the Xers or she's with the major. She's just, she's not playing by the rules. She's not, she's, she's a plant somehow. And, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that kind of unfolds, but, uh, other than that, the show's pretty good. I I mean, I really, really like the story. There's some annoying parts, but there's some also really good story um, that's happening right now. Okay, it's good, it's chugging along. I need, yeah, I I need to I need to get caught up, and it's it's in my 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 to do list for this weekend. Um, like I said, I simply fell behind. I fell behind on a ton of stuff. Uh, you know, that I fell behind on. But yeah, I kind of had a feeling, I think I called it last episode, that I had a feeling Jared might go the the way of the villain, um, the way the series is going. And if what you said is correct and he's kind of starting to side with the Xers a little bit, I can see that probably being the case. So yeah, it it's going to be interesting. I'm actually surprised Zeke is already out of prison. Uh, that was pretty great how that all unfolded. I think you're going to like how that, that uh that went and 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 you can tell uh, the way that Zeke got out of jail I think is a huge reason why Jared uh has now gone the way that he's going okay yeah because Jared has never been a fan of Zeke so you know for if if Zeke gets out of prison and Jared doesn't have any say in it yeah I could see him not really agreeing with that Mm-hmm. And that kind of turning Jared against uh, everything that's going on. Yeah. So, but no, I'll, I will be caught up next week, and um, yeah, I'll actually be able to join into the join into the conversation. Yeah, we should talk about week. it more definitely next week. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I think that um, I th- I, th- I think the story is really good right now, but without somebody to actually like talk about it with. I.e. you. It's yeah, it's difficult to bounce ideas and, and right. feedback when it's only one sided. Yeah. And I apologize for that. That's OK. You suck. I know <laughs> it is what it is. It is whatever. Okay. Uh, so next episode, we're going to talk about season three, episode uh, 15, which is left behind, which is a Kate feedback episode. Uh, flashback. Which, yeah. Kate. Oh, yeah. God damn it. That flashback episode. Um. But I think that's probably going to wrap it up for the discussions on Lost and Manifest. Again, a, ra- a little bit more of a shorter episode this week. We'll probably try and keep it uh, to about an hour uh, this week as it stands. Before we wrap things up, though, as we usually do, anything you kind of want to recommend people check out? The Witcher. Okay. Did you recommend that last time, too? Yeah, and I finished it, and I still am recommending it to anybody that will listen. I, the Witcher. I need to start it. It's so good. I need to start it. I cannot wait for the second season. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, I know that we saw that The Mandalorian is coming back in October. Heck yeah. My for daughter's sure. really excited because she thinks it's for her birthday. <laughs> don't let her agree. Don't let her disagree otherwise. Make her no, think it's for her birthday. No, of course not. Yeah. We're getting you and, the uh, best WandaVision. For WandaVision and Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. That I'm excited about. That looks awesome. Yep. Um, and Loki as well, which we got a kind of quick glimpse of uh, during the Super Bowl feed. Yeah. 
the Super Bowl spot. Uh, my recommendation for this week is a show that I was actually looking forward to really checking out. And now that I have, I'm totally hooked. Um, it's actually a spinoff of another show in which I don't watch the original show. I only started watching this one because I like the lead actor in it. I started watching um, 911 Lone Star <laughs> on Fox. Yeah. Um, with Rob Lowe. With Rob Lowe. And Rob I heard Lowe, it's garbage. I love it. Is it, it. good? I okay. love it. And here's my reasoning why. So the basic premise of the episode is that there is a there's a there's a fire station in uh in Texas that responds to a fire at a fertilizer plant. And due to some unfortunate incidents, everybody who responds with the exception of one person dies. There's a massive explosion and everybody from this fire department dies um, with the exception of one person. So Rob Lowe is somebody who is a New York firefighter uh, who had to do the same thing after 9-11. He was a first responder at 9-11. He lost everybody from his department and he had to completely start a new department from scratch. And it was so successful that they bring him to Texas to do the same thing. Uh, he is a character who is fraught with uh, PTSD from 9-11. Uh, he is going through chemotherapy because he just recently found out he has cancer from 9-11. So one of the reasons why I'm so into the show is I am really connecting with his character. Because right. for anybody who doesn't know, I was a responder at 9-11. I was a fireman. I responded to 9-11. So a lot of the things that he's going through from the PTSD to the... Now, I don't have cancer. I don't have to go through chemotherapy, thankfully. But, you know, I have had those scares in my life since then. So I'm really, really connecting with his character. And on top of that, I, as a fireman, it's very rare that I find a show about firemen that I find realistic and actually enjoy. There hasn't been one since Dennis Leary's Rescue Me. Oh, my husband loved that show. It, it's so true to life that I loved that show. Um, and there hasn't been one since then. Granted, there are definitely some things about this show that are a little out of the ordinary and a little unrealistic, but it's still there are still a lot of things that are incredibly realistic. And I personally, there's there's been four episodes. I've been hooked since episode one. That's great. Yeah. So I and I think it is probably more because of my connection to Rob Lowe's character with the whole nine eleven stuff. Obviously, I've never been to Texas, so I don't connect with any of that at all. Um don't worry, you're not missing much. <laughs> but I, because of that, I just kind of I'm I'm really digging the series, and I'm I'm going to stick with it. I really like it. Wonderful. That's my recommendation. Is nine is nine one one Lone Star. So, but oh, and Picard, Star Trek Picard is. I want to. I actually want to see that. It's so <laughs> amazing. I know people who don't watch Star Trek who love it. Um, and there's only been two episodes. The episode, the third episode, actually airs today, the day we're recording on Thursday. Um, so it's it's oh, early you... enough that you can jump in. Didn't um, Brooklyn Nine Nine starts this week? It starts tonight. Woo! Noise. 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 Oh, toy nuts! I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yep, it, it, it officially come, returns tonight. So I'm excited about that as well. So, 
Uh, but I think with that being said, unless you have any final notes, we can probably get out of here. Cool. Uh, so, uh, thank you as always for being, uh, loyal listeners to the podcast. Again, we apologize for the break and we, we will make our biggest efforts to try and keep this back to weekly, uh, after this week. But, uh, until next time, we see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye, bye, bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>